Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm half your uh, podcast host, Jared. We have Brian down here as the other half. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Just looking for a good background. Yeah, it happens. There you go. I, I like the Manhattan. Yeah, there you go. It's that time of the year. Yep. So, you ready for uh, Christmas? Ready for it to be over. <laughs> All your shopping done? Yep. <laughs> All right, there you go. Some shit didn't make it, but it'll be all right. Uh, there you go. Well, it happens. Yep. So we can always have it for next year. Save it for next year. The presents. Nah, I'm not doing that. How's the weather down by you? Rainy. Yeah. So it's going to be here. It's going to be a high of seven on Saturday. Yeah, we got the same thing. Or no, high of 12. Seven, 12. I don't know. It's way cold. That's all I know. Yeah, that, that's fucking cold. But you know, it's Christmas and that makes me get into the spirit a little bit more. Whatever gets you more into the spirit, I am looking forward <laughs> to the 26th so I can move on. There you go. Any, uh, have you watched anything new horror related or you know what? Something? I watched not a movie, but uh, Cinemassacre on YouTube, the angry video mm-hmm. game nerd channel. Yeah, I yeah. watched all his uh, monster madness videos today. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. His take yeah. on things. Because he starts in like the 30s and continues till, well, I don't know, five, six years ago. Now, is that an older video or is that newer? No, it's old. He's okay. done them for a long time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I watched uh, Violent Night last night. Not How- so much horror. It was fun. Okay. It was fun. Um, definitely, uh, if you... Uh, Irene's yelling at someone. Uh, if you want to... It's a Christmas movie, but I would say it's like Bad Santa... If Bad Santa and Die Hard got together to make a Christmas movie, all right, yeah, it was it was definitely good. And then I uh, started watching X today, and then I fell asleep like with a half an hour to go because I wanted to watch that and then go into this the prequel, um, Pearl. Yeah. So, and uh, some some news. So I knew they were making an Alien TV series for FX Channel. Okay. What I didn't know was they're there's a new alien movie coming out. Another Hulu. one. Yeah, I think they start filming. I think it was either January or June. I know Ridley Scott's involved in some capacity, but he's not directing it. And uh, it's going to be a standalone. So it's not going to be in relation to the, the the most recent alien movies or anything before that. Uh-huh. So we'll see what happens. I, I you know, I hope it's going to be decent. And, you know, I hope it's on planet Earth. That would be cool. Be a little yeah. different. Yeah, a little bit different there. And uh, I think that's really it. It's been kind of quiet. Very slow. Front. Mainly just yeah. memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think pretty soon we're going to be getting a trailer for Evil Dead Rises. So be cool to it. check out. Be cool to check yeah. out. And we should be seeing some stuff from the Exorcist camp too, right? Because that's been a while. Well, I think something came out a week or two ago that I think Ellen Burstyn, who plays Bregan's mom, she's ill right now. So I think they had a pause production. Another <laughs> another cursed movie. Here we go. And that would be a good uh, episode to do, cursed movies. Oh, there's quite a few. That would be fun. There's, there are. Yeah, I mean, The Exorcist has a really good one with uh, one of the actors in the... Um, the scene where she gets like the spinal tap. Oh yeah. He he actually was like a killer after the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, then there's the Poltergeist. And then Poltergeist a, is a good one. A yeah. couple others, yeah. Uh, of course, Twilight Zone, the movie. Yep. That's a that's you know about that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Vic Morrow and the two uh, the two kids. Yeah. Craziness, so, craziness. Yeah, yeah. I just got done watching Daddy's Daddy's Home too. It says Christmas with Mel Gibson and oh uh, yeah, Mark yeah, 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 that yeah, one. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. funny. Yeah, especially yeah. the radiator scene. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's like every father in America. <laughs> Don't like touch that? the thermostat, man. I got that thing as far down as I can. We have oil heat here, which is just it, the prices are fucking ridiculous. So yeah. everyone's dressing warm in this house. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's yes. just what it is. Yeah. All right. So anything else before we get into the show? Nah, man. I got nothing. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell everyone you know, and uh, I'll play the trailer. In New Jersey, I finally identified the woman who until now has only been known as Princess Doe. It's a cold case dating back 40 years. And now police say they not only know who she is, they also know who killed her. Eyewitness News reporter Tony Yates live in Blairstown with this big break in the case. Tony. Yeah, David, you know, their loved one is buried in the cemetery you see there behind me, Cedar Ridge Cemetery. And of course, the family is so very grateful that she was finally identified. But this still came as a huge crushing blow to them because that family always held on to hope that she would one day uh, come home alive. And of course, now they know that she will not. All right. So today we are tackling... Princess Doe out of Blairstown. Yes. So have you ever heard of this story? Actually, you told me about it. Yeah. So (laughs) I first heard of this story. I first visited Blairstown back in 2010. And I don't know. I don't remember how I came across this story. I might have. Because I remember I was camping in Harmony Ridge. And that's in Sussex, Sussex County, which is the next county over from Warren. And I might have just Googled like things to do in Blairstown other than you know the Friday 13th filming locations because that's the really the only thing Blairstown's known for is Friday the 13th and then this horrible story yeah so when I ended the cemetery where she's located is actually down the street from the Blairstown diner headed towards going to Pennsylvania so it's probably about two miles and so when I went in there, I couldn't find the 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 tombstone. So I Googled Princess Doe uh, burial. And where Google Maps or whatever I used, where I was standing was where her body was found. Huh. So I like kind of sidestepped over. <laughs> so her. So when you go into the cemetery, it's straight back off to your left and there's that that creek that runs behind it so it's like right there on the edge so this is a story where a town came together and gave her a proper burial they didn't know who she was and there were so many stories as as to how she possibly or why she was killed and back during that time the prostitution ring that was the highway you took from like Florida to New York. So she was right there. So 
she's actually a unfortunately a first in a few instances um with this case so just this past july she was finally identified you know through dna so for many 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 years for for 40 years they named her princess Dow. but she was finally identified as dawn oh i think it's olenek yep. uh, she was born august 5th 1964 and she died we don't know exactly what date but 1982 so that would have made her eight what 18 so so like i said she was previously known as princess doe she was a previously an unidentified teenager from bohemia new york who was found murdered in cedar ridge cemetery in blairstown new jersey on july 15th 1982 her face had been bludgeoned oh hold on one second i gotta get my thing up here uh Sorry, excuse me, technical difficulties. Uh, her face had been bludgeoned to the point to where she was not identified uh, through facial recognition. Not that they had facial recognition, but um, she was the first unidentified decedent to be entered in the National Crime Information Center. Olenek was publicly identified on the 40th anniversary of her discovery. Arthur Kinlaw has been charged with first-degree murder in Olenek's case. Olenek's body was buried in the Cedar Ridge Cemetery, not far from where she was discovered in January 1983. Her remains were exhumed in 1999 so that samples could be collected for DNA testing, which were extracted from her femur in Baltimore, Maryland. Olenek was reburied in the same grave. Prior to her 2022 identification, Olenek was known as Princess Doe, a nickname given to her by Lieutenant Eric Kranz of the Blairstown Police Department, who was the first law enforcement official to respond to the scene of her discovery. And all throughout these 40 years, he didn't give up. Uh, he was on a lot of podcasts. I think he actually, with another individual, started their own podcast, I believe, because they, they want to keep this her story alive. And if you talk to certain individuals in town for the longest time it was believed to be someone it was like an ins on the inside like either on a police department or in administration hmm. so if you talk to certain people there was a lot of sketchy things going on the blairstown museum they would hold an annual vigil for her and the curator actually I think kept her memory alive and a lot of people were against it. They didn't believe in the vigil. She told me a story how this one person would come to the museum and kind of gave her weird feelings by like what he was saying. So now we know for a hundred percent that it wasn't an inside job, but you know, there's always, you know, unfortunately, sometimes police may not handle it the right way. Not saying Eric Kranz didn't. I think maybe the police force at the time, maybe his co-workers might have, you know, not have done the best they could. But, you know, fortunately for him, he can finally rest his mind at ease that this unsolved case that he's worked on for many, many years is finally solved. So... On the morning of July 15th, 1982, gravedigger George Keist discovered the body of Olenek in the rear of the Cedar Ridge Cemetery in Blairstown, New Jersey. The body was found lying on its back just over a steep bank that leads to a creek below. The victim's face had been beaten beyond recognition with a yet-to-be-determined object. Due to the significant de decomposition of her body, her eye color could not be discerned. 
The body was clad in a red short sleeve shirt. A peasant-style skirt was found lying on top of the victim's legs. No undergarments were found. Despite this, no conclusive evidence of sexual assault was found, but this was difficult to determine because of the degree of decay of the body. A gold, golden cross necklace was found tangled in the victim's hair. Two earrings were found in her left ear. Red nail polish was found on the right hand only, and she had no known surgical scars, distinct birthmarks, or tattoos. Scars or marks on the head, face area would not be known due to the condition of the body. The front two teeth were slightly darker than the other teeth. The victim's appendix and tonsils were intact. Forensic anthropologists determined that the victim was not pregnant and had never given birth and was most likely between the ages of 14 and 18 years old at the time of her death. Toxicology did not reveal any trace of drugs, but was not entirely conclusive because of the time elapsed between the death and the discovery of the body. It is believed that the body was discovered after two to three days or possibly even weeks of exposure to the elements. This was especially difficult to determine because of the hot and humid weather in the area at the time. Examination indicated the girl had attempted to fight back or defend from her attacker as trauma to her hands and arms were observed. So for many years, Princess Doe was thought to be Diane Janice Dye, a missing teenager from San Jose, California, who vanished on July 30th, 1979. This theory was propagated by several law enforcement officials in the state of New Jersey who went as far as to hold a press conference identifying Diane Dye as Princess Doe. However, Lieutenant Eric Kranz, the Princess Doe case original lead investigator, maintained that Diane Dye was not a viable candidate for Princess Doe's identity. Kranz's feelings were shared by Diane's family and investigators in California who were particularly incensed by the conduct of New Jersey law enforcement. In 2003, Princess Doe's DNA was compared with a DNA sample from Diane's mother, Patricia, and it was conclusively determined that the Princess Doe was not Diane Dye. With all the with all the missing people, you pick one in San Jose, California. Right. And if you look at like the date that she went missing, they they found Princess Doe on um July 15th. And Diane went missing July 30th. Yeah, but like two years later. Yeah, true. Yeah, it is two years later. Um, and it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I totally botched that one. <laughs> um, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why would she end up in California? And I also, I also, read, I think I read somewhere that they, th- um, they thought Princess Doe might have been, um, killed by serial killer and i forget who it was um but it wasn't in this in wikipedia or the one article that i um had um also attached to this maybe so, uh kaczynski yeah yeah <laughs> maybe yeah um so in 1999, evidence came to light that Arthur and Donna Kinlaw may have been involved in Princess Doe's murder. Donna was arrested in California for attempting to commit welfare fraud by using the name Elena, which was traced to a Long Island native. When the police questioned her, she gave them details about the murder of Linda and her testimony put the Kinlaws behind bars. Donna gave details about two murders Arthur had committed of two other female victims who remain unidentified today. After Arthur was faced with a death sentence, Donna told... Authorities that Kinlaw had killed another woman, a sex worker, earlier in 1982. She told police that she was with Arthur in a cemetery and witnessed him commit the murder. Another report states that Donna Kinslaw said that in July 1982, her husband brought home a teenage girl, left home, and returned without her. He later apparently disposed of his clothing and cleaned his vehicle. Afterward, he threatened his wife, claiming if he did if she did not attend her job, he would take her life as he did the girl he brought home. However, a lack of corroboration meant that Arthur Kinlaw was not charged. 
Lieutenant Stephen Spears, who worked on this on the case as a member of the Warren County Prosecutor's Office, from which he is now retired, stated that Kinlaw claimed responsibility for her death, but I have no physical evidence to confirm that. And without the identity of Princess Doe, I have no way of connecting the dots, so to, so to speak, putting her in a place where he could have been or would have been at the time, same time. Spears also reported that he doubted the confession because the Kinlaws could not provide a name for Princess Doe, even though they had claimed to have been with her for a period of time. Despite the fact that he questions the credibility of their statements, Spears does not does believe the victim was native to Long Island, New York. However, Donna Kinlaw was interviewed by a forensics artist who created a sketch of the girl she claimed to have met, which does resemble the most recent composite. Arthur Kinlaw remains incarcerated for two counts of second-degree murder. Apart from the Kinlaw, several other suspects have been reconsidered to be involved in the case. Following the 2022 identification of Princess Doe as Don Olenek, Arthur Kinlaw was considered a suspect and later charged with her murder. After seeing images of the girl's clothing in the newspaper, a witness named Anne-Marie Latimer reported to officials that she remembered seeing a girl wearing the same clothing as Princess Doe purchasing cigarettes on July 13, 1982, just two days before her body was found. Latimer stated she was shopping with her daughter at a supermarket across from a cemetery and observed and was able to describe the victim's unique clothing. The shirt and skirt themselves were traced to a manufacturer in the Midwestern United States, although the brand labels were missing. Three people reported after viewing photos that they bought similar clothes at a Long Island store, which is now closed. It is unknown if the store was specifically located in Long Island or possibly in other locations. The 2012 composite of the victim also generated new tips as it resembled several missing girls from the country. Her body was re-exhumed in November 2020 using a grant and she underwent DNA extraction for genetic genealogy. One theory was submitted that Princess Doe may have been a runaway and could have been an individual using false names while employed at a hotel in Ocean City, Maryland. In, in, 2020, in 2012, a sample of her hair and tooth were examined through isotope analysis and indicated that the victim was most likely born in the United States. The sample of her hair indicated that she had lived at, at least seven to ten months in the Midwestern or Northeastern United States. That is like just so... That's the whole country, Midwestern, yeah. like, <laughs> wow, thanks. But the fact that, like, you can take her tooth and indicate she could possibly be from Arizona, like, like, like I, to me, that's interesting. Like, it's interesting, they, but they yeah. were fucking wrong anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it's also believed that she had spent a long time in Long Island, New York. So media appearances. Um, so after extensive print media coverage in 1982, Lieutenant Eric Kranz, the original lead investigator from the Blairstown Police Department, was contacted by HBO regarding the Princess Doe case and asked if the channel could chronicle the case in an upcoming documentary entitled Missing. Now, this is back in 1982. Like HBO is still relatively new. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's pretty big right there. Kranz agreed, and the segment was filmed over the course of several weeks. Kranz was also was shown following leads as they came in. The documentary was notable for containing actual footage of the recovery of Princess Doe's body, along with footage shot by HBO Princess Doe's 1983 funeral. The documentary also contained a segment following the Johnny Gosh disappearance. Johnny Gosh sounds really familiar. I'm going to look that up. Uh, Lieutenant Kranz, now retired, coined the name Princess Doe early in the investigation and also managed to get the case covered extensively in the media. 
The case was used as the impetus for recording unidentified crime victims in the NCIC database at the national level. Princess Doe became the first such case entered by FBI director. And here's a little fun fact. I use the NCIC database at work. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Little, little six degrees of separation. The case was featured on America's Most Wanted in 2012 in hopes to generate new information in the case. The same year, the most recent reconstruction was broadcast on CNN. So she's getting like big, uh, you know, you have America's Most Wanted, which was a really famous uh, crime show, CNN, HBO. So it's, but it's weird that at the same time, you you didn't you it wasn't like in other news outlets right like she was a first for a lot of things burials and memorials so olenek was buried on january 22nd 1983 after she had remained unidentified for over five months donated funds were used to pay for the victim's coffin and headstone the headstone was engraved with the text princess doe missing from home dead among strangers remembered by all on July 15, 2012, a memorial service was held for the 30th anniversary of Olenek's body being discovered at the top of the ravine where her remains were found. Over 100 citizens attended, as well as several reporters and cameras. The victim's clothing, as well as her reconstructions, were displayed for public viewing. On October 12, 2014, Olenek, as Princess Doe, was honored at a missing persons rally in the area. In May 2021, investigators were notified by the NCMEC, or National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, who were collaborating with Australia Forensics about clothing, about obtaining DNA markers from degraded samples of Princess Doe's body using a grant. On June 18, 2021, investigators received the news that Australia Forensics agreed to extract DNA and construct a DNA profile. On February 10, 2022, Australia Forensics relayed to investigators that the creation of DNA data file was successful. The results were sent to the NCMEC's consulting genealogist from Innovative Forensics Investigations. So I bet you in another 10 to 15 years, getting DNA as far as like completing the test will be done in minutes. Like it's, yeah, it's, I think it's so. weird how it takes so long. Like I don't, I don't, I couldn't even go into like the process of how they do the test, but I just would figure by today's standard, it'd be much quicker than 20 years ago, but hopefully in 20 years from now, when we use DNA to identify someone, it's like instant, yeah. you know, and, and we could get cases solved. Um, the managing officer was Jennifer Moore, who agreed to perform unlimited genealogy free of charge on February 22nd, 2022. Innovative forensics announced to investigators that they had found a candidate for Princess Doe. Investigators went to West Babylon, New York, where they met Robert Olenek Jr., Princess Doe's brother. They also collected a DNA sample from Princess Doe's sister, which myotyping technology used to build a mitochondrial DNA profile. The Union County Prosecutor's Office Forensics Laboratory assisted by creating a STR DNA profile through the victim's sister's DNA sample. My mitotyping technology sent their results to the Union County Prosecutor's Office Forensics Laboratory, who then sent both the mitochondrial DNA and STR DNA profiles to the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification. That's probably why it takes so long, because it goes from one agency yeah. to another to another. A lot of acronyms in this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
On April 29, 2022, the center identified Princess Doe as Dawn Olenek. She was formally announced on July 15, 2022, the 40th anniversary of her discovery. Prior to her disappearance, Olenek lived with her mother and sister in the city of Bohemia on Long Island after her parents divorced. Robert Olenek Jr. said that she left home around June 24, 1982 at their mother's request and was never seen or heard from again. So she went from being a prostitute to just going to the corner store to get probably a gallon of milk or something. Yeah. You know, that's usually how it happens. Um, Arthur Kinlaw has been charged with one count of homicide as a result of the subsequent investigation, witnesses, witness statements, and his confession of Olenek's murder. It's believed that Olenek refused his demands to go into prostitution and was driven to New Jersey. They both ended up in Blairstown, where Kinlaw murdered her in the Cedar Ridge Cemetery. Neither Olenek or Kinlaw had a connection with the town. Kinlaw remains in prison at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York. Investigators are now looking to piece together Dawn Olenek's movements in the time leading up to her death. Now, you know, that's 40 years ago, so I don't know how they're, I mean, because people who could have seen her are either in an old age home or no longer with us. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, it, the mom kicked her out. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So maybe like in another 10 years, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out like really what happened. So I took this article from the New York times written by Tracy Tolley, which was uh, on the 40th anniversary for four decades, Princess Doe was known only as a girl whose short life ended violently. Her body had been dumped in a New Jersey cemetery in 1982, where her slender five foot two inch frame was partially decomposed by the time a grave digger found her after spotting a crucifix and chain lying nearby. She had been beaten to death and was wearing nothing but a red and white skirt and blouse. A year later, she became the first person to be entered into the FBI's nascent missing persons database and her identity had remained one of the country's most enduring murder mysteries on friday investigators disclosed that they had finally learned her name dawn olenek she was 17 when she was killed a high school junior from long island a convicted killer arthur kinlaw had confessed to the crime from prison in 2005 the warren county prosecutor's office said but it was not until this week after dna evidence was used to confirm miss olenek's identity that mr kinlaw was charged with her murder Residents who lived near the cemetery in Blairstown, New Jersey, had helped to pay for her burial and lovingly maintained her grave. A headstone inscribed with a tender message, Princess Doe, missing from home, dead among strangers, remembered by all, could often be found surrounded by a bouquet of flowers. At the time of her murder, tips followed, tips flowed in from around the country and would, and, and world, said Eric Kranz, a retired police lieutenant who was among the first officers to arrive at the cemetery after the body was found July 15th. 1982. You would have people coming from other states just to visit the grave, Mr. Cran said. People from Ohio, Nebraska, Texas, he continued. It was quite an amazing thing to witness. On Friday, Miss Olnek's relatives wore photos of the young woman pinned to their chest at a news conference as they thanked law enforcement officials for never giving up. They could not be reached for additional comment. They are just like gratified that this is over. Mr. Cran said in an interview, even though it turned out bad, at least they know how it turned out. The whole thing really is kind of haunting, he added. Don Olenek had been a junior at 
Contaquat High School in Bohemia, New York, when she disappeared from Long Island, where she lived with her mother and sister. She died, officials said, after resisting Mr. Kendall's attempt to lure her into prostitution. When she refused, he drove her to New Jersey, where he ultimately killed her, prosecutors said in a statement. The news came on the 40th anniversary of the day George Kais, a worker at the Cedar Ridge Cemetery in Blairstown, found her body badly beaten in a wooded area near a steep embankment leading to a stream. She was wearing a skirt and short sleeve, short sleeve blouse, but no underwear, socks, or stockings, officials said. Six months later, she was buried in the same cemetery, not far from where she was first found in a grave Mr. Kite's dug. In 1998, Mr. Kinlaw was charged in New York City with the slaying of a girl who had been found in the East River 14 years earlier. At the time, the New York Police Department said he had been suspected of running a prostitution ring in the Bronx. He is currently serving a sentence in a New York prison for two unrelated first-degree murders, officials said. Mr. Kinlaw, prosecutors said, wrote a letter to the authorities in 2005 indicating that he wanted to confess to the murder of a young woman found in Blairstown. But he could not be charged with the crime until Mrs. Olenek was identified, a process that began in 2007 when a Center for Human Identification at the University of North Texas tested her skeletal remains for DNA. Last year, the National Center for Missing Exploited Children offered financial assistance to have the DNA re retested, and conclusive results came back in April. Matthew Platkin, New Jersey's acting attorney general, praised investigators' persistence. In New Jersey, he said there is no time limit for justice. Mr. Kranz credited the search for Ms. Olenek's killer with generating early interest in database dedicated to finding missing children. Missing persons weren't at the top of the list, he said. The only ones concerned mostly at the time were the people who were missing that person. Her life or death in this case was very instrument instrumental in bringing the issue forward. So I know um, they're going to eventually change the tombstone to have her name on there. However, it's not known if they're going to uh, ex uh, exhume her and bury her in Long Island. I know the the family was one of the the interviews I saw. I think it was like her cousin was speaking. They're not sure if they're just going to let her rest there forever, you know, or bring her home. Which, you know, I get it. You know, I get um, it. But I mean, yeah. she was kind of thrown out. So there was definitely like I would let her live where she is. That's just yeah. me, though. Yeah, so that's the uh, Princess Doe. And I actually bought a book. Um, the woman who wrote it, I believe, is was also working with the Lieutenant Kranz, like, after he had retired. And it's kind of like a fictional account of, like, what happened. Oh, you know? okay. So I, I haven't read it, but it's on my list. But, yeah, if you, I think, you know, next time you go to Blairstown, like, we can meet up and we can go to the cemetery it's only like two miles from the diner so um and across the street like i don't know if that supermarket's still there but or how big it was at the time but it's a little strip mall now so there is more presence so but new york's not that far from blairstown you nope. know 45 minutes an hour at the most you know, depending on traffic, but uh, yeah. Long Island might be a little longer. Well, Long Island, yeah, yeah. but again, like that that nine that Route ninety four. You know, it's that was the uh, area for drugs and prostitution. So, yeah, that's the story of Princess Doe, who finally has a, a name, and her family can, uh, you know, um, you know, whatever the relationship was with her her mom or dad. You There's know, it's a shame. Still closure. 
yeah, there's closure, but you know, mom probably passed away, you yeah. know, could have not knowing what happened. That's like the only sad thing in any of these cases. They pass away and years later the case is solved. Yeah. Wow. And they just named that boy in uh Philadelphia too. Yeah, and I was kind of wondering why they were waiting. Like they were making a big spectacle of it. I was waiting for them to sell tickets. I, I know. know. Like, are they trying to get their uh Instagram subscribers up? Or are they yeah. trying to get the TikToks and, going? You know, in a case like that, I feel like the parents killed them. Possibly. You know? Because no one came forward and said this is my kid and i mean it's in the sick was it the 60s i think it happened yeah so even if the kid was kidnapped from another state i'm sure if they put out a missing report it would eventually made its way to you know the philadelphia area especially so young what was he for yeah yeah so, That's a little easier to track down than like a 15-year-old. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And usually um, when kids of that age are killed, nine times out of ten, it's not too far from their home. So, and I mean, there are some interesting cases we could always talk about. This case, the Charles Lindbergh yeah. kidnapping. <laughs> That's a good one with so many different theories, you know. Um Adam Walsh. Mr. Walsh, um, yes. Who was the kid that we were young when it happened in Jersey? I think he got it was out of the Cape May area. Um oh gosh. He was like 12 when he vanished. Um red hair. New Jersey it was like a un, still unsolved to this day. Um probably like early 90s, 92, 93. I don't remember. Eric Eric. Hold on, I'm gonna bring it up. Oh my gosh, you would know you would know the name if I said it. Um, let's see. Uh, man, who is it? I forget his name. I think I was like in fifth or sixth grade when he went missing. Yeah, I don't remember. Ah. Uh. It'll come to me. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I know because they just did, I think like um, 2020 might have just did a special last year on the 30th anniversary of it. Um, oh my gosh. But uh, you know what? And what song always made me upset watching a video, Runaway Train by Soul Asylum, because you would see like the videos. Yeah. And the, there was that one where it was like a skeevy old man. It looked like he was like probably like uh, he kidnapped the girl for like sex, and at the very end when the baby gets stolen, and then they show his real photo, like yeah. it's just it's heartbreaking. <laughs> and as a parent, I can only imagine, you know, like biggest fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's some interesting stories too. Like, did you ever see the um, the movie with um, uh, what is her name? Uh, Laura Croft, what's her name? Uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. It was called The Changeling, not the horror one, but it was like in the early 1920s. A kid was kidnapped off of like the farm or small farm. And like a year later, this kid showed up saying he was the kid. 
but he wasn't a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. Out wow. of California. I think like Stockton, California. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I think uh, you know, in a 10, 15 more years with the advancement of DNA and everything, crimes are gonna be solved just like that. You know, like the things that we've seen in science fiction movies, yeah. they'll have the blood scanners and they'll be able to, you know find find these individuals but uh it was funny because i just listened to a special on the uh vasilla axe murderers in uh iowa that sounds vaguely familiar yeah the guy wiped out an entire family with an axe and it was never found no one knows who did it really yeah well how long ago was this uh 1912 oh so 110 years ago yeah we're not finding that guy nah he's but it was weird because there was a bunch of other axe murderers around the country mm. from like 12 to like 14. Oh, so like wow. a lot okay. of people were thinking maybe one dude did it all or mm-hmm. it was so weird because he would use the wrong end of the axe. Oh, so he's using the blunt. Yeah. The blunt oh, wow. So just really cave in. Yeah. So, and a lot of them use that. So that, I felt that was kind of interesting. Oh well, yeah. I guess if you want to give a quick kill, because if you're, killing multiple people you're going to get the blade stuck in the body part and could be like oh you're gonna get that blade stuck in the wood under the body part (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're pulling it out like jason Voorhees. um you know another famous kidnapping case have you ever heard of steven stainer familiar okay so he was kidnapped in i think like the mid 70s they made a tv movie starring corin nemick i believe and it was called, I know my first name is Steven. So he was kidnapped at a young age by this, this guy. I forget his name. He was a, a pedophile. And I think he was kidnapped at like the age five or six. Uh, he pretty much said, you know, your, your mom and dad, like, I think they don't want you anymore. Or they died or something like that. Well, eventually he brainwashed Steven so much that he made him think his name was something else you wow. know, years of grooming. So Steven, like, I think he had him for about, ooh, he was like 12 or 13 when he got away from him and he was going to school as someone else. But this guy basically groomed him to be his assistant in kidnapping. So they ended up kidnapping this one kid about the same age he was when he was kidnapped. Um, And I think they had, he never did anything to the kid other than kidnap him. He actually was like a bigger brother to him. Um, And then like about a year later, Stephen finally got the courage to escape. And uh, eventually the guy was arrested and, you know, charged with all this stuff. So um when the when the he went to the police department the literally what he said is i think my name i know my name is steven or something like that this has been so long so when he came back it was a lot of adjustment um he was ridiculed at school because people the kids at school said he was gay you know so he had a very troubled rest of his teenage years and he would eventually die, I think, at 22 in a motorcycle accident. 
But here's the weird part. So this happened out in California. Now, his brother ended up turning, becoming a killer. He was, he worked in the Big Bear area of, of California. And this happened like in the late 90s or early 2000s where it was a mom, her daughter, and a foreign exchange student, I think it was. It was a daughter's friend. They ended up being kidnapped and killed by Stephen's brother. Wow. And um, he's currently in jail. 2020 did like an investigation on him. So... Yeah, look, Corey Stainer, I think his name was. Corey Stainer. So, yeah, so definitely, if you type in Stevie Stevie Stainer, you'll, yeah, you'll, yeah. So it's, what are, like, your brother's kidnapped, and then you turn into a killer. Lose your shit, yeah. That's yeah, fucking yeah. crazy, and I think man. he attempted to, I think he attempted to, like, to abduct another woman, and I think that's how they found him, because she escaped. So like she, he never got her, but he damn well almost did. Yeah. So, but I remember when that story broke because I instantly knew the name. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, crazy shit out there, man. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. So, but you know what? Let's talk about fun stuff. Let's up do it. 20, 2023. Do you have any big plans for 2023 so far? You're. Oh, I'm going to change the haunt scoring a little bit. Okay. I'd really like the 2023 to be the year of the camera, but I don't know. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> Just because there's so much shit I want to do. Like, right, I right. want to do a ton of videos. I even got a guy lined up to teach me how to use the DSLR and shit. Nice. So, and I kind of want to get the music editing. That's okay. going to take me a hell of a lot longer than video editing. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we could come up with new theme songs, have new titles for our videos and shit, but it's going to take a while to learn. Well, we got years ahead. And, yes, we do. So, nice. All right. Yeah, we got to get some... You know what I like to do? I know you... Uh, um, you For Halloween Haunts 365, you have, like, the haunt stuff, but it'd be cool to maybe have a couple of the haunt actors on the show as well we can do that yeah i would like to because i've only talked to actually have i ever talked to a haunt no i interviewed one when i used to do my articles but that was about it so but it'd be pretty cool to actually sit down and talk to a haunt actor or actress whatever you want we can yeah i got plenty to choose from (laughs) or if we get someone that runs the show like get brian on the show if he would come on (laughs) i could get brian on hear that brian coping (laughs) let's go brother i would like to know like um the behind the scenes like like the planning and what it takes to go into having a haunt you know season and whatnot i could tell you that oh true yeah take your hand and push it into your temple as hard as you can. <laughs> right. And do that. And then apply for permits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine how much all that costs. God damn. And the insurance. Ooh. Dude, man. Yeah. We'll have to get like a owner owner on so we can yeah. do that. I, I have an idea who we could get on. Okay. Okay. Um, what else do you want to cover this year since we're pretty much kind of closing it up? Yeah, I know. Um, more cryptid stuff. Like I didn't know that Florida had their own Bigfoot. I found something on my way home from Washington, D.C. 
I think it's a National Cryptoid Museum. Really? I meant to look it up, and I completely, because of stupid Christmas. <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, there's a National Cryptologic Museum. That, I don't think that's the thing I want. Or is this in Maryland? Or what is this? Oh, I'm an idiot. What would you think the National Cryptologic Museum is about? Cryptoids, Bigfoot. Jersey Devil. Yeah, me whatever. too, right? Me too. No. All right. What's it about? It's by the NSA, and it's a museum of... Uh... Oh, I know. Encryption. Yes. <laughs> well, that's funny because you know how, like, when I was in D.C. a few years ago, we drove by the museum, and I'm like, who wants to go to a museum full of newspapers? Oh, you do? Really, Because <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, it had the freaking Unabomber's uh, shack in there. They had a lot of I shit in there. I think they closed it down. Though, it is. Right? It's gone. They, yeah. uh, there is the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. We want to take a road trip. There you go. All the cool stuff are like far away. It's only 10 bucks to get in. I have a feeling it's very small. And probably hokey, you know. But yeah, that'd be fun to get into a uh, crypto. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but Florida has um, what the uh, skunk ape? It's called. It's like skunk ape. It's like their bigfoot, and it's in the Everglades, and um, it's like the cousin of the bigfoot, but just a little bit smaller, but all the same characteristics. Huh. And there's a really good photo that was taken. I think like 1999 and there's a campground behind the whatever you want to call it the museum or whatever but there's an open field and someone took a nice photo and is it a man in suit who knows but <laughs> the way it's walking kind of reminds me of that like that 1967 bigfoot you know yeah oregon or wherever it was the famous image yeah i mean that stuff makes me wonder if there really is something out there. Now, if you go to this YouTube page, it's called Man of Light, I think. And I don't know where this guy's from. He's from the South Jersey area. But according to him, there's a family of Bigfoot that live at Manicino Pond, which is on Route 47, going towards like Dennis Township. Okay. And it's like it's in Millville, but going that way. Like you're heading south towards like Wildwood on 43. I I, I yeah. believe so. But anyway, I've been to this this location because I've done some photo shoots out there. But he swears I first heard about this a couple of years ago on like Light Rock 96.9's Facebook page. And so I go to the if you go to this guy's Facebook or YouTube channel, Man of Light, I believe it's called. There's no video. It's camera stills from his nighttime camera which looks like it's from the 1980s probably a hunting camera yeah and apparently now i never heard this in the bigfoot mythology but 
they're supernatural creatures that can just appear out of nowhere. Oh. Okay, which I've never heard. That's new to but me. But when you when you try to look at the photo, it looks like he photoshopped something in there. <laughs> but these people that are commenting are smoking crack. Is they're like, oh yeah, I see him. And then the most recent one, because I was like, I haven't visited this page in like a year. Let me go check it out. Apparently, they've made friends with him, and there's a picture of him with the mom, Bigfoot. But again, it like blends into a tree. And I didn't watch this one video, but supposedly he's got camera footage of the Jersey Devil. Oh, so we went that route, too. Yeah, I'll have to send you a link. I'll send you the YouTube link for that Jersey Devil one. But this I would love to have this guy on the show because I just want to, like, debate him because why why you you have all these camera still footages of Bigfoot and his family and some audio too. Why don't you have a video camera? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, but he's got followers like that are just like that. Oh yeah, they're they're supernatural and they can just you know dissolve and reappear. I'm like I've never heard of Bigfoot doing this. So Bigfoots are ghosts. That's cool yeah. to know. Good to yeah. know. Yeah, I mean I don't remember Harry doing that in the movie. I know. He just played with the dog and John Lithgow. I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. This is, my dog kind of looks like the dog from uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Yes, it does. Just as hyper, too. <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah. start jumping soon. She's already doing it outside. So. <laughs> All right. So, so what else are we doing with this upcoming year? Um, What else are we doing? Well, we can actually do our filming locations. Definitely. Yes. We'll have to make a time to go out to Tom's River and... Uh, Blair sounds real easy and then eventually make our way to uh, Amityville mm-hmm. and you know our friend Dave lives up that way and he'd be more than happy to uh, give us a tour because that would be cool Amityville I would love to go to um, Sleepy Hollow too okay yeah that would be that'd be fun that'd be nice the women can go shop you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> get them out of our hair yeah I hear you yeah and possibly maybe hit up some conventions. Yeah, know? I want to start doing that. Um, yeah, we could split a table, talk mm-hmm. to some people, get a runner yeah. made for a... I already have a cover that I didn't get to use. Oh, I'm sorry to hear about I, that. I know, but we'll continue on the good yeah. fight. Nice shirt there. Oh, you like that? It's yeah. my Camp Crystal Lake counselor shirt. Yeah, look at that. Ooh, oh, look at that. <laughs> that beautiful gear is available at the horrorshedpodcast.com. Yeah. And um obviously we can do some more movie reviews, um newer movies, older movies. Um, I think we should start attacking the franchises. Definitely. Do you want we can when we do that we can start attacking uh we'll go we'll go year round to Nightmare on Elm Street. Cuz you know what? I've never reviewed a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Oh. So, so what we could do is we could rank the franchises for yeah, Nightmare for sure. and Friday, and then we yeah. could follow back to Halloween and start reviewing them. Yeah, definitely. Um, that'll give me time to read my. I haven't cracked it open yet because I'm reading another book, but Taking Shape Two, which talks about all the could have been sequels to the Halloween franchise. And maybe I'll finally watch Halloween 3. 
<laughs> you gotta watch it. It's so good. I I hear a lot of good things, and from the scenes I've seen, I think I'll like it. It's, it's better just, than Halloween ends. I I get into just the Myers mode. I'm like, I'll watch yeah. it next time. Boom, put it in four. <laughs> right, 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 right. But I think if so. we do the ranking like we did last time, and then follow back and do the movie reviews for him. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen Black Adam yet? No, but he's already not Black Adam anymore. Well, yeah, I think it's for a couple of reasons, but um, <laughs> this will probably be like uh, another rock movie I won't add to my collection. Oh, that uh, bad, huh? It wasn't bad, probably because there's never going to be a sequel to it. Yeah. Um, for being top billing, he didn't. He wasn't to me. He wasn't the center star. It was more of the supporting cast. Huh. Um, and he had two looks, maybe just one look. You know, like <laughs> you know, and some people are saying that he used Henry Cavill just to boost the um the movie. You know, when um it was announced Henry was coming back as Superman. Yeah. So who knows? But. I just don't, I mean, to me, Black Adam's now, and I'm not a big Black Adam fan as far as comics. I just don't think there's a movie that he should be the main star in. The uh, character, not The Rock, the character. But Pierce Brosnan was great as Dr. Fate. And then the guy who played Hawkman, he's not, he's a newer actor, but he's been in some things, nothing that I've seen. He was pretty cool. Um and then the other two heroes as for the Justice Society, I could care less about them. But, uh, you know, Amanda Waller from Justice uh, Suicide Squad was in it. Yeah. I don't know why she was the boss of the Justice Society when they're two separate entities. Yeah. You know, you have Task Force X and then you have the Justice Society. So I don't understand. Like that whole was a big plot hole. Um but yeah, they just, I know it was the rocks. He's worked 15 years to get this to the big screen. I just think it was just another DC letdown. Man, DC is fumbling all over the place. Did and you... I don't know. Do you think James Gunn is a Marvel mole? <laughs> See, I don't, I like James Gunn. I yeah. like him a lot, but I, you can't do Batman like how you do Guardians. You just yeah. you just can't. Right. It's it's supposed to be darker. It's supposed to be grungy. It's supposed yeah. to be the Batman like you saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, Superman's Metropolis, bright lights, colors, cityscapes. Batman, it's Newark, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Gotham yeah, Camden, City. Yeah. And I'm so I'm upset that Henry Cavill is not gonna be moving forward. Who the fuck else are you getting to play Superman? Best Superman since Christopher Reeve. Right. And how many times are we going to do the whole, I'm moving to Metropolis, oh, I'm going to fall in love with Lois Lane and fight Lex Luthor. Like, I hope if if they're going to do a villain, give us, like, Brainiac or someone. Right. Did you like Batman vs. Superman? The director's cut. If you watch the director's cut, it's so much better than the... I like like both. Like I didn't hate these movies. That's why I don't right. understand what they're I doing. Liked, I yeah, I like the the fact like with I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan, but 
Batman finally moved in a way he did in comics. Yes. You know, I like that. I'm and don't get me wrong, I love I liked the new Batman with yeah. Patterson. That was great. And I you know it's gonna be a couple of years before we see a new one, and I hope it doesn't get shelved, you know, like in favor of a new Batman. Let's recast Batman again, and Joker's gonna be the villain. If you're gonna give us a Batman villain, give us a proper Mr. Freeze. Yeah, kind of do for that. Yeah, yeah. Did you know Robin Williams was supposed to be the Joker over Jack Nicholas? Nicholson? Really? Yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't I could see him more as the Riddler, which I think he also auditioned for. Um that would have been interesting. I think he would have killed it, but yeah. Jack Nicholson in that role was just so awesome. Yeah. I mean there's two jokers. We got Nicholson and Ledger. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'll put Cesar Romero in there as well. Yeah. So, but it's like Leto was horrible as the Joker. See, I I didn't mind it because it was a more gangster take. And Ugh. I was fine with that. It looked like Pete Davidson dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> uh, yeah, the tattoos were a little overboard, but yeah. I, I really like Jared Leto, so I wasn't really that pissed. I like Leto and anything but the Joker. Okay. So um, although I'm interested in seeing if they're going to pursue with this Joker we got in the Batman movie, you know, at, at the uh, at the end scene, the end credit. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows? They might just start the whole thing over. It'll be Batman. <laughs> I, you know, I'm I want to see the new Joaquin Phoenix Joker, but it's going to be a musical. And it's it's Lady Gaga coming into that, right? As yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah. I'm cool with Lady Gaga, but. You had the perfect Harley Quinn. Why are you screwing this up? Who, Margaret Robbie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love well, it's, her. It's, it's, it's a different universe, though. You know? So what? It doesn't matter. DC's so fucked, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I don't understand them. And, uh, but, you know, but I'll still watch them because I'm a, I'm a diehard DC fan. I know. Fan. I love comic book movies, so I'll watch yeah. them all. Like, I'll watch yeah. Black Adam. It was, it was, I mean, it was long. The visuals were really great, but again, I felt The Rock wasn't the main star. It was everyone else but him. And like the new Suicide Squad. Oh my God, Jared. Suicide Squad? The new one was funny only because of two people. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It was was John John Cena and uh, Idris Elba. Yes. Yeah. They they yeah. made that whole movie. That's yeah. the reason I kept watching. And you know, Margaret Robbie, but you can't go right, with that. Right, right, right. But those two had me dying. And the best thing I saw from DC was John. S- yeah, yeah. But now, is that going to be like you know, with everything going on at HBO, are we going to lose that? You know, man, I don't know. Yeah, I started my Christmas movies. I'm watching Harry Potter. There's like it's not a Christmas movie though. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, like it's movie. twenty minutes. It's a Christmas movie. Uh, I have to, I have to we'll have to agree to disagree on okay. that. Okay. So what else? What's what's on your list for Christmas movies? Man, I only really watch a Christmas Story, and uh, Christmas Vacation, Die Hard, and um, well, then you gotta watch Lethal Weapon. I love Lethal Weapon. Takes place on Christmas. Well, yeah. during the season. Have you seen Eight at Christmas? Yes, I like that movie. That's a good one. But I yeah. won't. Const- I won't have to watch that. You know what I mean? Like, if I get a chance, I'll turn it on. But like, 
A Christmas Story is going to play at 8 o'clock on TNT. And I'll watch it on TV. I won't watch it on like DVD because yeah. I could do shit during the commercials. Yeah. And then, are you done Christmas? Are you done rapping? I got two more things to do and I'm done. I got everything to rap. <laughs> uh, have fun with that well, I know what you're doing Friday and Saturday no nah, I'll do it tomorrow while I'm working okay you working from home yeah I'm on the phones oh there you go yeah yeah I go in at 10 tomorrow night oh boy to protect and to serve that's right yeah answer those calls I do you know and I've um I started call taking this week and uh I had one guy call me to report police brutality. They scoop slammed him on top of his $115,000 BMW. Oh. And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. But a lot of my calls have been old ladies who fall out of their chair and they can't get Poor <laughs> oh, man. Poor old ladies out there. I haven't gotten a good one. Like, uh, Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired, or you know, uh, a, a big old fight, or something like that. Not yet, not going wood, but I'm sure it'll happen sooner or later. Yeah, so it's gotta be crazy. No idea what's gonna be on the end of that line. It's crazy. Well, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um. But you know, what? I like I like call taken as opposed to dispatching. Because call taken, I feel my time goes by quicker. That's good. I'm on the phone, you know, pretty much the whole time. So, but yeah. All right, sir. Well, it's been a pleasure. Damn right. Let's wrap this episode up. This has been Princess Doe from Blairstown, New Jersey. Hell of a story. Beautifully researched by Brian here. Thank you. But uh, this has been the Horror Chef Podcast. Like, subscribe. We can talk about anything we want. Buy a shirt. <laughs> Buy a shirt. Buy a hundred <laughs> shirts. They are great Christmas okay. presents. They will not ship on time, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Halloween Hunt is a Halloween Hunt production.